Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the Walker AC Experience uh, coming to you live in the month of May. Once again, we are back and I'm not going to make the same old excuse of I'm supposed to be a sporadic show. Life happened. Things happen. So now I'm very, very reinvigorated editing, folks. Um, to continue with the experience more often than maybe once a month or just a special occasion popping up. Now, for those of you who once again have listened to this show, please be sure to go on podbean.com and do a search for um, the Walker AC experience or walkerac76.podbean.com. Subscribe, give us a thumbs up, leave us a comment, get those algorithms up. You're looking for a good podcast to listen to for a good hour, half hour, 45 minutes. This is the right place. We're on 22 free different apps out there. Just do a search for the Walker AC experience. Now, before we go any further, I'd like to introduce my co-host. And, you know, it's a great feeling to say that. My co-host, one of the, the, the hosts of Cereal and Beer that just got released this week. My co-host, haha, Kevin Yu. Kevin, how's it going, young man? Yes, I haven't had tacos in quite a while. I'm uh, not a big fan of the Taco Bell. Not not that I'm not a big fan, but my bowels aren't a big fan of Taco Bell. Well, as they say, you don't go to Taco Bell to get Mexican food. You go to Taco Bell to get Taco Bell. Yeah, that is true. I mean, the slogan should be, hey, it's late. So, yeah. <laughs> Then Dong is like, you know, your face is hitting the toilet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Taco <laughs> taco smell and the Dong is, yeah, the Dong that hits the toilet bowl. Um, so how has your life been treating you since the last time we spoke? Oh, just more flaming hoops to jump through. Just both in professional and private life. It just feels like, <laughs> it's like, Sometimes I'm like, oh, now I have to do this. And oh, God, I don't have time for this. I got to do this. And so, you know, you're kind of just being pulled in different, many different ways. And you just hope things go smoothly. And it's just, you just want some things to go right in the day. And sometimes what they do is like, oh, good. It was all, you know, not for, for nothing. Yes. And it was really interesting as I spoke to. Um, some of my people from the other podcasts and just people in general, it's been a very challenging few weeks and it could be um, Mercury retrograde. It can be horoscope signs that I'm ne- not really into. It's just the time of the year. It just could be people's personality, whether it be a bad day, a bad month, or just somebody in a bad mood it is what it is. But I think all of us is going through it and I really find it very bizarre that everybody's going through it all at once. But the good thing is, I mean, you know, we're surviving. We're, we're adults. We can handle the good, bad, the ugly, and indifferent. I think what doesn't kill you will kill you slowly eventually, but what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So, Yeah, and, you know, we can all get through it together. It's pain can either be a bonding agent or an alienating factor. 
Yes, and I think I can say that at our age, Kevin, that you and I have survived a whole lot more worse than just one bad day. Um, I think that we have the mental stability to kind of handle things that get thrown at us because we realize that all this stuff is only temporary. And we control how it turns out, you know, pretty much. And 100% of your, of your worst days are past you. Yes. So a small little story here I'll dip into before we get into our topic. Um, my little one is going through hardships right now. Um, the hardships of you know, turning into a young adult with responsibility, with jobs, with personal stuff. And I look at him and I see myself, not that he's my son or anything, but uh, I see myself as far as the growth and what you had to go through and how you had to evolve into the responsibility factor. You go from uh, living under your parents' roof to being out on your own to really having that experience of the real world and how shocking, how jarring it is knowing that it's you versus the world kind of thing. And I see the frustration in his eyes, but I still see the hope in there also that he can manage this. It may take time, just like everything else does, but that he can manage it. You know, he has the management for it. So my question to you is, before we get into the heaviness, when you were on your own for the first time, was it a scary experience for you? Was it a liberating experience for you? How did you handle it? Well, I would consider my first shot at independence was undergrad. And, you know, to be very honest with people, I was very scared. I was, I remember, you know, sit, like sitting there and I was just like, oh no, can I handle this? You know, just taking care of myself, you know, handling a whole new environment with a whole bunch of new people without, you know, people right there with me, no familiarity. And I just got so scared. And then, you know, I talked to my dad and he was, he was able to have perspective. Think, you know, like, like you can get through this. This is something that you uh, are ready for. It's like you know, it's okay to not feel ready, but it's the kind of thing where you, do, you know your family's there with you, you know, to be there to support you, and you don't have to worry. But you know, this is part of the process of you know, you can find a, who you are as an adult. Yes, and I agree with that too. And also, I believe it goes to your support system also, because being thrown out there without the proper tools to make it is very difficult all in itself, but at least if you have a good support system, yes, you will struggle. Yes, you will go through the hardships, but you do understand that you have somebody that has your back. Mm -hmm. Right, and just that fine line of like, asking for help and also trying it out for yourself. And it's always a shifting balance, so you never know which side is which. And you just grow to learn, you know, when to get calling for reinforcements and when to think, you know, I can do this. Yes, because when I first went out on my own, I was I was excited. I was really excited to be out on my own, uh, to have my own experiences, you know, to just be that typical teenager slash young adult saying I can stay up all night, I can eat whatever I want, you know, I don't have any responsibility. But then when that first bill hit you or the first rent payment hit you and you had to learn the hard way to budget 
and to actually accept being broke for a short period of time, that was definitely eye-opening. You know, so now when I see my uh, my little one go through it, it's you know, it's, it's definitely interesting. Um, so I just believe that things will get better in time. Just how you handle time management, how you handle your emotions, and everything in between. Because walking into something in a panic you know, is only going to get worse potentially. Yeah, like in literal and figurative situations, the worst thing to do is panic. Yes, and I'm very lucky, I guess, <laughs> that I never really panicked that much. I had moments of, um, I don't want to say anxiety, uh, I just had moments of despair where I'm going to get the next meal coming from or my bill is coming up due, so where something may be turned off. But I realized that, okay, get your head together, you have money saved or your paycheck is coming up, everything's going to be okay, you really have to strategize how are you going to live your life? And then things eventually click. They eventually set in. So with you, I mean, you were, you were in school. So I'm only guessing that you didn't have to worry as much. Question mark? No. I mean, it was like I had the privilege to, you know, go to a, a, a university and have a lot of my things taken care of. You know, like, okay, I had a meal plan. And, you know, I had RAs in my dorm to, you know, ask questions to and have people around me and so it really wasn't nearly as tough as being you know go get a job and go you know figure these things out there was a lot of um, I guess there are a lot of resources in like, hand holding and it was just it's the funny thing is that about university that you still get into a lot of trouble <laughs> and it is kind of like but it takes a lot of responsibility and say like, okay, this is where you're, you know, growing academically and as an adult independence. So you still got a lot of support. There's still, like, you know, some structure, but there's a lot more responsibility. It's not like being in high school, like, again, it definitely is not. And so it's, it's, it was a good experience to kind of just ease your way into like more and more independence, I believe. Yeah, that is true. And, and, and I just wonder, you know, how long of a struggle, you know, do most teens and young adults go through before that switch finally turns on? But once again, everybody's different. So there is no particular timetable, you know, as far as the survival mode kicks yes. in and, and you, fi you finally realize, you know, how to handle things. It's, it, it varies. <laughs> Unfortunately, some people don't learn and they just keep struggling and keep making the same mistakes. And they just, you know, you, two people go through the same experience and have different, different outcomes. Yes, and that's also that that's true, and it's also difficult. But, you know, I I have hope and you know and faith that things will work out well. That's just this the way life is. You know, you you sink or swim. As cruel as that may sound, each and every one of us has to do that. You know, we have to get thrown into the the deep end to see if we can survive. So. You know, definitely all best of luck. To switch gears a little bit, I'm going to uh, inflate your ego for just, just for a few minutes before we get into the topic of the day. Uh, <laughs> so my listeners out there, I tell them ad nauseum to go on Apple Podcasts or download Podomatic, which is free 
um, um, and just go on Spotify and uh, download and listen to Cereal and Beer. Uh, your episode came out recently with yourself and Jeff, and it was hilarious without giving away too much because we have to give them a little taste, a little sample, a little amuse bouge, if you will, <laughs> of the episode. Um, what you know? What was the topics of uh, discussion? Not to give away too much. Yeah, so we talked of like about grammar, <laughs> like seven things like what people say that annoy us. <laughs> kind of like one of my things is like when people can't use the possessive s and they just put an apostrophe apostrophe s and you know we talked about you know we, we like to talk about asian american issues and our perspectives of that and so you know we do that we our rants our shout outs and uh we just try to make each other laugh you know that's basically the premise of, of every episode and it, it definitely works it, it definitely truly works uh, for those of you who have not listened to Cereal and Beer yet, I strongly recommend it because it's not like any other podcast you've listened to before. And that's not just hollow praise. Um, because what it boils down to, like we mentioned before, Kevin, is just two friends having a conversation and just going over events from each other's country. Um, Jeff is in Japan right now, and you're here in America, and you guys get together once a month and just have normal conversation. Um, it's not a typical conversation. It's not a typical podcast radio thing that they do where they have everything planned out. There is pauses in between. There's ums and errs, stuff like that. It's just like here. But when you listen to it, you can sit back and close your eyes, and it's just two friends sitting down having a conversation. And, you know, and so we uh, hope to have a, a collaboration with the, you know, the Walker AC experience, so you know, we're gonna have a collab and it'll be fun. Yes, you know, we use that word as uh, the kids use the word these days. We're gonna collaborate. Never understood that, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> so as we go on, life has a funny way of throwing curveballs at you. As you continue to move forward in life, some things from the past comes up and comes to the forefront. And I've always leaned on a couple of phrases as I grew up, because I was always afraid of change. I was truly, truly afraid of change because at my early developmental part of my brain, I didn't want to rock the boat. I didn't want things to alter. I didn't want things to evolve because if it ain't broke, you know, you don't need to fix it. So as I get older, and I'm all for evolution, I'm all for change, I'm all for just bettering myself, being a better version of myself, in your opinion, and we'll kind of go back and forth a little bit, um, do you believe that the grass is always greener on the other side, or is better to be with the devil you know versus the devil you don't? Of course, the unsatisfying answer is it all depends. And um, it kind of reminds me of those sitcom situations where, like, two characters kind of trade places, and they're like, oh, at first they're like, oh, this is cool, but then they're like, oh, this sucks, and they go back to their own lives. And to me, I think that's really an artifice, because sometimes a change is good for you. Sometimes you do find out something you like more, and sometimes, like, you find out if you go back to your past, I don't like this anymore. 
And like, um, for example, um, eating healthy, you know, it, it, it may just seem like, you know, a pain to be like, oh, I don't want to be with, with foods I want, or like, you go drinking my friends and those kind of things. But when you start getting into it, your quality of life increases, you know, your health is better. And then you, could, you don't want to go really go back that much. And I think the grass is going on the other side. It really is in some ways, or like, you know, everybody, no matter their station in life, where they are, what they're doing, they may say percent has their difficulties. And it, 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 but maybe sometimes it is kind of nicer. Like it, it, it everybody just has their own difficulties, but sometimes there's some difficulties I think people can handle better than other things. You know, I'd rather be healthy, rather be sick. And so, or, you know, like there was, I think I heard the story about how this professor presented his class. Would you rather be fab, like, um, like incredibly wealthy as a royal in like, you know, like hundreds of years ago, and like, you know, the, like the, the pre-modern era, or would you rather be middle class in the modern era? I think the vast majority of people said they'd rather be be middle class in the modern era than obviously wealthy in the past. And I, I agree with that. I wouldn't want to go back there. Imagine how people smelled. It'd be horrible. And then to comment on um, you know, going with the double, going with the double you know, the ancient you don't. It is, like you alluded to earlier, fear of change. And that I see this a lot, that people would rather deal with their present pain and the pain of change because the unknown is such a a primordial fear it's like being afraid of the dark because you don't know because you don't have that almost like mental control when you understand something you'd rather hang on to that than to go into something you don't it's it's just common and it's understandable but I I do think that life will present challenges to you and you have the choice to rather, you know, to take a swing, you know, take that leap. It may not work out, it may, you know, you never know. Or do you just sit there and not change? And I agree with you to a, I definitely agree with you to a point. Um, to touch upon to either you be with the devil you know or the devil you don't, I think most people get in that habit of being with the devil they know. Because, like you mentioned before, when you go out there and you put yourself out there, it's terrifying. And like we touched on weeks ago, it's the fear of failure. It's the fear of trying something new and then falling flat on your bum. And then now you're just utterly lost. That's what the, the common misconception of fear is. Granted, fear is doesn't exist but that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day um and the grass is green on the other side i'm kind of torn on that too because if you didn't take a step on the greener grass you wouldn't have had that new job or the new opportunity for a car or the new opportunity for a relationship a new opportunity for you know a different station in life to live someplace different because you took that opportunity uh, mm -hmm. or being with the devil that you know, 
you know what you're dealing with, whether it be the job that you're used to once again, or the place that you live in, you, you are aware of your surroundings and you know what's going on, or the person that you're with, you know their habits, so you don't have to learn anything new. You know, it's all about, in my opinion, complacency. You know, if you're complacent where you're at and don't want to evolve, it's so much easier to be there. It's so much easier to be there. Um, I have seen people that I've known for years being in that one spot because they're complacent. And no matter what you tell them, no matter what opportunities, what opportunities that you open that door for them and show them, hey, this could be you. Or, hey, you know, if you alter this about you, then you have so many opportunities. But, you know, they're in their own bubble like most people are, and they want to just stay where they're at. Yeah, um, so it, it refers, this all refers to this, um, this, uh, I think it's an economic uh, term. It's called the sunk cost fallacy. And basically, you stick with the same opportunity you have. And it could be a job, a relationship, you know, or like any kind of thing you have, and you forego a better opportunity only because you invested in the old one already because you feel like okay well I I've, I've put in so many years so much money so much energy into this and you don't even if uh, the alternative is superior you don't go for it just because you're already invested and I think about these things like and it's hard it is comforting it takes less cognitive effort to learn something new or to make that change or to go to that new place or meet that new person it's so much easier to not do it this is why routines are so comforting the heuristics because you can go on autopilot you don't have to do xyz you don't have to think about it you don't have to figure it out and routines are natural and they're, they're healthy but if it's just the same thing over and over again you don't become greater than the person you were since you've been there. It, it really makes me think, and please don't misunderstand, I'm not better than anyone, you know, but no one's better than me. Um, I'm not too sure where this mindset of mine came from to going from, okay, this is my lot in life. I'm okay. I'm comfortable. I'm making X amount of dollars. I have a particular place I live or a particular someone I'm with, something like that. But just something, something awoken inside of me many, many years ago is just complacency is just not who I am. And I look at others that I know or others that I observe, and I just keep thinking that if you move a different way, if you shift your brain a little bit, a little more to the right, you know, or if you look in a little bit of a different direction, there are so many different things that are out there for you. But obviously, you can't make anyone see what you see. You know, you can't tell someone how to live their life. You know, if they're, you know, if they're happy where they're at, you really can't force them for any kind of change. And like I've said before, it's always been puzzling to me what stops somebody from taking that leap of faith. Whether, like I said before, whether it be in a relationship, whether it be in a job, whether it be a business opportunity, you know, do you, do you believe, Kevin, that 
more people should take risks or do you believe that they're okay being in, their, in, in being in their safe space, their safe spot? Well, the risks are abound, big and small. And I think sometimes you have to do it because we don't want to just keep on doing the same thing. It's more diminishing returns. You do the same thing over and over again, and the effect is less and less and less. You you do have to take some big leaps, and sometimes life will force you. Sometimes life will just pull the rug out from under you, and you've got to take that chance because you know you'll face disaster otherwise. You know, it's kind of like, let's just say you get fired from your job. Then what? You, you have to take another chance. You've got to go uh, do something else. And it's better to embrace these things rather than only stay in a safe place because I also notice you can really tell it really impacts a person's persona and character and, and who they are when you, you you get to know somebody and you know their what they've done in life and they, they've never taken a chance and they never they only sought comfort and complacency they're the same person they were 10 20 30 40 and so on years ago and that's it they just end up like a townie they have and then like the what do they have to show for it you know scars are proof of life and when you meet those fascinating people those people that have the strength that you you uh, um you envy like the stories that you wish you had and and just being able to carry yourself in a certain way is because they took those chances because they said no to their fear. And, you know, they had, uh, you know, the opportunities, you know, maybe they got lucky, but they also took the risks. And, you know, uh, that's the mark. And I think people know it intrinsically when they meet other people. And, and that's, that's, that's what I agree with. And I'll mention one more point before bouncing over to the other side of the debate. I want to see people succeed, just probably like you do as well. You know, mm-hmm. and I want to grab people by the, by, by the scruff of their neck and shake them, <laughs> you know, and go, this is who you've been for years. You know, this is who you've been for years. You know, you eat the same bowl of cereal. You put your shoes on the same or you go to the same job, you know, and there's so much more out there for you. You know, let me just shake some sense into you and and guide you in what direct, what way to go. But you can't do that, you know, because it's very mm-hmm. narcissistic. That's very just not right of a person to do that. Because once again, you can't tell anyone how to live their life. You can explain to them the benefits of everything under the sun. If they don't want to do it, they don't want to do it. You know, it's just that you can't put your passion on somebody else. And that's what I can say is one of my problems is because I, I, you know, I see certain things. I'm like, hey, if you just move this way or kind of change this a little bit, you know, it'll be fine. But once again, the common theme is if it's not broke, don't fix it. And that's, that's a phrase that has always bothered me for so many years because obviously if it's not broke, don't fix it, but there are many different ways to make it better. You know, don't you think? Oh, right. And maybe it's broken in a way that nobody knows. (laughs) And just, I feel that part of a human being, if we can get past all of our 
like our physical needs we we expand we explore we we from we we explore within ourselves and without it's like you know although it's a flawed model the model of um human needs um maslow's maslow's hierarchy 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 is interesting because that you know the greatest need that somebody has once all of our other needs are met is self-actualization just kind of knowing who we are and right our place in the world expanding ourselves i think we all kind of have that need once we kind of like reach a certain level of thinking and maybe just some people are only obsessed with like you know having a roof over their head or just finding the approval of others and that's all that matters to them but if they can just get past that they can just see what else is out there and keep expanding as a person and i really believe that's the right way to do it and once again i don't want to sound like a schmuck by saying my way is the best way because it isn't there's so many different ways you could do things for success so my last phrase on this before we jump over to the other side is that i grew up a certain way just like everybody else has you know, i grew up in you know i grew up um, not very affluent when it comes to financial stability so I had to work at a very young age to, to, you know, to achieve a certain status in my life. And now I'm at, you know, I'm at the, the, the status where I'm at right now where I'm successful and I have you know, total autonomy to do whatever I want to do, but I'm still not complacent. I still want more because I believe that's the secret to life. The you know, secret to life is having fun and just attaining the best version of yourself you can be. So I look back at the people that I know and I look at them and I say, does this how you want to be remembered? You know, how do you want to be remembered? You know, what mark do you want to leave on this planet, you know, from whatever you believe in, puts you here? Everyone has a goal. Everyone has a mission. And when I see the ones, you know, that I know that are just, in my mind, stagnant, that's sitting there doing the same thing over and over and over again, you know, it's a little bit frustrating. And I know that's not a good way to think of it. So in, in your opinion, once again, to put a capper on this, um, how do you see it? Well, of course, you can always, you know, you know, uh, expand further if you like. Well, I think the tough part is accepting the challenge that you, you just have to accept some people just the way they are. Like, yeah, as much as you want more and better for another person, it has these changes have to be from within, and we can't crawl inside each other's hearts and minds and make that happen. Because even if you do, it does the results probably not be very good. It's got to be kind of organic. Now you can influence them. You can be by example. I mean, I do have this whole like thing I want to discuss for future episode of like, can you change people? But um. But, you know, we'll leave that for another episode. But just, you know, it's frustrating. But, like, if you see somebody that just is determined to not change, determined to only want the same thing over and over again, it's, it's done on you as much as you care. It is on them to, you know, really know if they're unhappy or not, if, you know, they have anything else they want in life, any other anything, and just if they have any sort of ambition 
and like our, our, our ambition is different. Some people want a family. Some people want to, you know, be the best at something. And those goals are also have to be self-defined as well. So if we really look at somebody and think, okay, is this what they want? And, and this is all they achieved? And this is, this is their end game? And like we have to accept it because if it's really their goal, if not, well, that's a different story. Yes. And as much as it doesn't please me, of course you have no other choice but to accept it. And mm-hmm. jumping on the other side, you know, of, um, you know, the grass is green on the other side. We touched upon that basically. Um, but yes, sometimes generally speaking, the grass, the grass is green on the other side because there's, there could be more opportunities you know, that's available mm-hmm. to you. Um, versus, you know, so once again, rehashing the fear part, you're staying on your side of the grass. You don't want to see what's over there. You just want to stay where you're at because it's safe. And that's part of the upbringing. Once again, that's part of the parenting, you know, teaching that, you know, be safe. You're okay where you're at right now. You, you really shouldn't go any further because you don't want to hurt yourself and we don't want to see you get hurt, you know, so stay over here where it's safe versus a small percentage. And it really is a small percentage of people that go on the other side and see what's there and either, they make it, they fall back down, and they get back up and they keep on going, but they don't go back to the other side of the grass. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. yeah, I think it's, it's such a tricky thing to think about because I think it has to be, you know, each situation, like, can you go you know, try synthetic weed? Probably not. <laughs> <Would> you... <laughs> I mean... Should you go hiking by yourself in an unknown trail? I don't know. Or like, but then there's a little things like, should you try to, um, should you try something just uncommon? Like, although it may be not much, but like, go to go to the movies by yourself. It's low risk, but it's kind of like, it's something that kind of made people like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. It's about being calculated risks. And just, you know, so there's definitely some risk that should be taken, some that should not, you know? Of course. You know, when it comes to the small things, like you said before, like going to the movies by yourself, you know, calculate a risk. I know you've never done it before. You, you don't want people staring at you thinking you're weird. But in all actuality, <laughs> nobody is, <laughs> you know? You um, yeah. Our greatest enemy is ourselves. And what's in our mind mm-hmm. and what's stopping us from unlocking the so much potential that we have each and every single one of us and i'm not too sure if it's my age i'm not too sure if it's my wisdom but it's frustrating to see people not taking advantage of their full potential and you're right you know you're right you can't force anyone to do anything all you have to do is sit back and self you know and have self-preservation <clears throat> and take care of yourself because there's only one Adrian, there's only one Kevin, so we have to make sure that we're okay before we put our energy and efforts into somebody else. It's why the Aristotelian method of teaching is so powerful. But, you know, keep asking the people questions. You know, they have to come to their own conclusion to the, to the answer they have. It's like they have to make, make the decision, they have to come to the conclusion on themselves, by themselves. 
And I think that's a way to do it. It's like, okay, well, think about it. If you do this, what's the likely result? Well, the chances of this company and this money are the rewards, you know, worth the risk. They have to figure it out on their own. Yes. And once again, no arguments on here. But you mentioned something a little bit that you wanted to save for another show. But if you may, we can touch upon it now. We still have a little bit of time to go, so I don't mind, you know, you're going into to what you have. Sure. Now, when, you know, a lot of people say that you can't control, you can't change other people, you can't control other people. I think that's short-sighted. I think that is not actually true. I think that we influence and change each other all the time, for good, for better or worse. But think about something like, like marketing. Marketing is extremely powerful. It changes people's behavior. Even something like like our political uh, atmosphere now. It has changed people. It has changed how we look at each other, how we treat each other, or psychology. Good tools can help people cope. Bad tools can make it worse. Or like, you know, starting an argument with a stranger can unleash that anger in them and make them do something stupid. Or giving them, you know, really helping somebody out in their time of dire need. It can change their lives. And I do actually, and it's like, we can actually, it's like, we may actually be able to change each other. Yes, and I agree. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use a caveat of um, I used I totally butchered that word. Um, I'm gonna use the the term um, we don't change. Uh, nobody changes. <clears throat> we just evolve. Um, yes, we're not the same people as we were ten years ago or even ten minutes ago. We keep evolving who we are. We keep unlocking certain chambers of our brain. Our uh, we keep having open minds and just look at different ways of seeing things. So as far as changing people goes, no. I, I don't believe we can, but I believe that through things nowadays, this generation, we have more ways of, of opening up people's minds and helping them evolve just to see new things. So yes, certain encounters we can have with just total strangers. You know, We can instill certain things in them to actually make them think or make them react Good, bad, ugly, and different. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely do agree with it. So I kind of went around my elbow to get to the point, but yes, I, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I definitely agree with you. I definitely agree with you fully on that. Um, how do we? How do you believe we can initiate change to where more people would actually get on board with it? You know, to want to be better and want to do better. Well, I think it's about making it glamorous. You think about influencers, they do actually, in, like, it's within the name. They influence how people behave and think. We, we, you know, and like, you think how powerful one person's action can be. Um, even something like art. Yeah, like, I was thinking, you know, the other night about how, like, you ask somebody, what's your image of hell? And you're probably thinking, you know, you know, yeah, the lake of fire. And, you know, that's actually not biblical. That comes from Dante's Inferno. But that, that's one person's imagination. One person's idea for paradise loss has a shape. Like, humanity's view purgatory and, you know, the seven of hell. One person changed that. Or the other way around. You know, 
I, I'm a person of non-religious belief, but you know, the story of Jesus has changed a lot of people thinking. Or, you know, or it is Muhammad, Buddha, or so, so on and so forth. Like, there's something that actually do really do change people's thoughts. Then I also think about, like, you know, because of my professional training and, and such, it's kind of crazy, I think, how much view is written in your DNA, your temperament, your, you know, your proneness to certain disorders and diseases. Or, like, you know, um, there's a famous case, the case of Phineas Gage, where Prince of Rebar struck through his frontal lobe of the brain and changed him. He became, like, so moody and irritable and impulsive, and it just changed him. And that's because the part of the brain was missing and damaged. And it was just so interesting. Or, or things like trauma. Somebody goes through something so incredible, they just don't even, they don't even think the same way, or having I mean, like a certain experience. Um, I, I, I don't know, it may be apocryphal, but there's a story about this guy who just, once he did psilocybin, he's like, I just realized that other people have feelings. <laughs> 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 so it's, it's, it's kind of interesting that, you know, sometimes through other ways people can change too. It's, it, you never know what happens. Yeah, and to go back to what you talked about, um, religion, for example, and once again, I have to add a disclaimer, people, I'm not pooping on religious beliefs or anything of the sort. Um, you talk about um, you know, religion and about how a book <laughs> that can change many people's lives and actually guide them to where words say. And realistically, you have no idea where those words came from. You, know, mm -hmm. you have zero idea where those words came from, from a Bible, from the Quran, or anything of the sort, telling you how to live your life and how easily influenced that could be. Because the base thing is you don't know. And that's what scares people the most, because you don't know. So when it comes to making an impact, or learn, you know, learning somebody, uh, wow, I totally murdered that. Schooling people, schooling. Um, <laughs> when you teach somebody, not learn it, when you teach somebody <laughs> different things to unlock certain parts of their mind, you can easily influence them to go you know, either kind of way. Religion is a perfect example of it, for, you know, is a perfect example of that. Um, but to go back to the original point of can you change people? You can evolve them. You know, and if you're charismatic enough, uh, if you have a decent amount of knowledge, you can sway people, you know, to make you know to make them go a particular way. And perfect example of that is politics. Um, perfect example of that is love. Perfect perfect example of that is religion. Um, anything that can touch you inside any particular way will just definitely sway you. And it's bizarre. It is so bizarre that most don't use their powers, I'm using that in quotations, to, to make things better. You know, and there's so many different reasons why that is, but it's just interesting, you know, and, and what do you think about that? I, I let, I let, you know, sway me beyond my better judgment beyond my common sense, even though it's still there, to kind of talk to me 
I still put it away because it's various factors. I mean, it's like, you know, when you think about cults, you know, they're real out there. There are cults out there. You know, people, you know, are completely under their spell. And it, they don't even know how much need they're in. And sometimes it's really hard to, to know how much choice you have in these things. And it, it is interesting. It is interesting. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Let me interrupt. Go ahead. You're finishing your thought. No, no, no. Go ahead. I I want I would like to read a comment. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, like I said, this is just be really brief here. Um, and please, my listeners, don't misunderstand. I am three shades of stupid. Um, but I can uh, give my opinion with the best of them. Uh, it's just that I said before. I just want the best for everyone. I want everyone to evolve. And just leave a decent mark, you know, while you're here on this planet. And it's so harsh for me to to, to even say that if you're if you don't have a plan, you know, if you don't have an end game, then you're just a meat with eyeballs, just wandering the planet, you know, just stumbling well, upon well. whether it be luck or stumbling upon who knows just being stagnant and not having any, any desire or drive or passion to me in my opinion is just a waste of life well i think it's kind of um it's kind of it's one way i think about how people behave and interact with each other like when when it comes to a person and how they fit in their relationships and in, in around them what I find very telling is who they put first. Who do they put? Do they put themselves first, or do they put others first? And I find that really interesting as a judge of character. And also, like the inverse, how they treat themselves. Are they putting their self-interest first, or like where you know, how they want to take care of themselves, but in a better way, or are they letting other people? dictate them that for them and so that is a deep question to think about is you know are you letting everybody else in their priorities their goals become yours or are you trying to look out and nurture yourself or like you know the, the way you treat other people are is it about what you want or is it about what's best you know for, for others yeah and that is a difficult question because I sat on my soapbox and say that I want the best for people, but I don't have that right, you know, because I don't know what's best for the person down the street, my next door neighbor, the guy who delivers my paper, I don't know what's best for them. And it's, you know, it is insane for me to want the best for somebody when I don't even know what they want. So that is a very, very tough thing to figure out, you know, in the end. Well, I would like to think that it's more of a philosophical question about what is best for people. And like, you know, I was thinking, I, I had a thought experience for myself. It's like, you know, once I heard it's like, what is humanity's end game? Like, what are we even doing? And so far, we're still just like, you know, we're fighting against each other. We're still like exploiting each other. Uh, things have, we're still kind of like not too far off the Gilded Age. Well, yeah, it, Incest. But my whole thing was like, if we had a philosophical, complete philosophical change about things, about like, 
like, and I think, okay, if you're just trying to be the best version of yourself that you can be, and a big part of that is making other people the best, enabling them to be the best version of they can be, I think they can really push their, their species forward. No matter how you define it, you can either be the best, you know, pan food artist in the world, or you're going to be the best gardener in your in your neighborhood. If that's what is, is best for you, to push yourself to strive for that, I think that's valuable. And that's definitely a different way of looking at it. That 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 totally debunks, you know, how I see things. And I love having debates like this because, in the end, we don't know. We just really don't know. And to have these conversations like this, I think if we had more of them, it'd be a whole lot better off. But I think, and once again, I could be wrong, and I'll ask your opinion after I say this. I think it all goes back to the F word. It all goes back to fear. Fear of having that uh-huh. conversation to figure out what your purpose is. You know, it's the fear of going, okay, I'm in my box. And I know my box, so I'm going to stay here because if I get out of it, something can happen to me. So this conversation, well, this conversation scares me, and I don't want to hear it. So I'm going to, you know, turn the other way and I'm going to go back to my box. Well, certainly, we see, we see this in the grander scale of things. How, you know, let's I, I, I will dare say the thing about how some a segment of our population does not want to talk about race, not want to talk about gender, not want to talk about sexuality. Just just can't. They'd rather completely ignore it than than deal with the ramifications, the complexity, the history, the reality, how it how it may actually force them to change their views, how makes them uncomfortable. So, or or even things even just in terms of mortality. These things, these questions that are that we have, some people would rather just shut down because it, it's too much to have to open your eyes and to realize the world isn't either A or B. It could be C, D, E, F, G. It can be a lot more complex than it is, which I think a lot of times it is. It is, and for that, I will. See, I'm going to be that person for just a couple seconds. For that, I agree and slightly disagree. Um, yes, there are multiple layers that we can really dip into philosophically and to talk about life. Most people, generally speaking, they just want that black and white filter. You know, they want... easier. Yeah, it's so much easier. You know, I want red wine or clear wine. I don't want, you know, the multiple different ones because I'm going to have to think. And I'm going to have to use critical thinking to find out which, 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 which kind of want I want. And it's going to scare me because I don't want to choose the wrong kind. Which, once again, it can correlate into the jobs, relationships, business choices, family, stuff like that. They don't want that fear of the unknown, that fear of failure. So just like a turtle, they retract back in their shell and they're going to not want to listen, not want to follow follow along to anything out there because, oh my God, I might I might step on that Lego, and once I step on that Lego, it's going to hurt my feet, and I'm going to get mad at you because I told you that Lego was there, even though you told me it wasn't. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, and just like 
you know, like the way I see it is like how I love like you know I've always loved superhero stories as a child, and as when you're a kid, it's like oh, it's like it's always like the the superhero defeats the bad guy, and it's just like they're clearly drawn as like you know the, they're hundred percent good, hundred percent bad. But now we have these stories where you see the heroes making the making the wrong decision. They have the wrong thinking. I mean, or you see why the bad guy has a point. He has a very convincing point, actually, a very strong argument, and it just makes it things more interesting, though. It makes it a lot more complex. It makes it, you know, but that just makes it a richer story, and to me, more real, rather than just the childish black and white thinking. And and that's another thing that's been brought to brought to the forefront. This particular generation now we have those shades of gray, and I think it's either challenging people to for more critical thinking, like I mentioned before, or it's just scaring them more. And right, I think it's a very small percentage. And if I'm wrong, not the first time, not the last time, but I think a very small percentage of people are taking that challenge. And looking at different angles, you know, of life and decisions and challenges and stuff like that versus the general public are at the mindset of, okay, I put my time in, you know, I paid my penance, I paid my dues, paid my taxes. I'm going to sit here on my porch and just be left alone. And if anything new comes along, I'm going to shout at it and just, and just be, and just be away from it because it challenges me to do something different. Right, and just, but that's the mark of a, of a, of a strong will and mind, is that when you can entertain these challenging thoughts and just draw what you can from it, rather than shut down, it's about, you know, we talk about people who just stay in their own bubble, do the same thing like, over and over again. They maybe do have the same mindset, but they cannot entertain thought of, of things that challenge their fundamental beliefs in life or their or way of being because once you go out there and you see the world there's so much variety and like maybe there's more for you beyond that fear so as we put a capper on this particular topic now i'm going to ask you the six million dollar question that you know we don't have an answer for <laughs> mm-hmm. how do we change that you know, in your belief system, how do we change that? How do we open the eyes of the general public and go, it's okay. You know, it's okay not to know. It's okay to step on that Lego piece. It's going to hurt for a couple seconds. It's going to piss you off, but you're going to get past it and, and you're going to go on to, to better things. It's, I think it's being living proof. By having your story and being willing to share your story and letting your story connect to others, seeing how it fits in their their puzzle of life, and seeing like, well, does this make you question, you know, what you've been through, and make you and want to adapt, and like, you know, give you that that catalyst for change. Like I said, you know, I'm losing my vision. You know, it's been. You know, this is literally part of my identity until I was an adult. You know, I was in denial for most of my life. 
and now it's a part of my identity. That's part of my work. And it's just something I never anticipated. I mean, it's just something I didn't even want to speak. Something I hated, something I pushed away, something that I just didn't want. But now, if I can get on the other side of fear, things can go, can keep going. And, and I kind of use that as just living proof that, you know, life is going, you know, you change and you might become a different person because of it. Because, you know, I, I used to be more about my, my racial identity and it still is, it's still a big part of my persona, but now there's more to it. There's more nuance. There's just a bigger variety to it all. And it's, it's a little more alienating, but it also makes me more unique person. Mm. And I agree with you also, um, to piggyback on what you just said, my racial identity was who I am for many, many of years, because that's the way I was raised. That's the way I was brought up. You know, I was brought up as this man of color for the longest time. And until years ago, I had to look beyond that and try to find out who Walker AC really is. And that was a scary trek all in itself. <laughs> but I got past it and I understand that, yes, I'm a man of color, but there's so much more to me than just that. And so if I can get past that, knowing the history and all that fun stuff that heavy weighs the crown, I got beyond that and now just looking at different things. And now, once again, just trying to be the better, better version of myself and wanting the same for, you know, for, for the people I know. Um, there is, unfortunately, really no right answer to how we can improve. We can just keep having conversations and try to open up people's minds little by little by little by having these deep conversations because we're going to lose some, you know, some are going to run away screaming. Some are going to, you know, shake their, you know, shake their finger at us and say, no, you know, roll up newspaper and smack us in the nose and go, no, it was better this way, you know, kind of thing. But uh, yeah, continue conversations like this. will you know, will definitely keep us going. And um, so as we kind of turn the page a little bit, is there anything else that you have, you know, before we close the show for the day? Well, yeah, I think being comfortable. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's just giving your space to really consider these things and being brave enough to really entertain these thoughts that make you uncomfortable. Because once you are able to just feel your way through it, you know, it's not so scary anymore. Whatever question you have in your mind, it's like, it, once you embrace it, it's not that bad. Yeah, we just, we just have to get over the initial hump. You know, the initial hump of, you know, the F word, the fear. Once, you know, once we're past that, once we realize that that word really doesn't exist, then we'll be okay. And, but that's the biggest hurdle. That's the biggest hurdle for most. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and... oh, go, go, go ahead, finish your thought, please. No, just, I just keep thinking of, uh, you know, a quote that my, like a, a, a friend I had once said is like, everything you want is on that side of fear. And this, this person is amazing. They're a professor, they're an author, they're 
martial arts expert. They're just an amazing person. And because they come, you know, they got over their fear of doing things of pain and discomfort, they got a lot done. That is true. Um, Wow. But uh, as we come to a close on the show, this hour has gone by extremely fast. I'm uh, very, very, very shocked by that. Um, (laughs) But uh, this is what the Walker AC experience is all about. Having those deep conversations, keeping positive and just trying to find not not necessarily solutions, you know, but just alter, just alternative ways to try to better who we are a, a, as a people. Um, I do not believe that the world is as bad as they say it is, or people are as bad as they say they are. You know, because once again, we've only unlocked ten percent of our brain, and there's still so much more to go, way past you, you and I's lifetime. And uh, you know, I, you know, I definitely think there's hope, and. Yeah, with these continued conversations, I think, you know, things get better day by day. Mm-hmm. That's right. You find out who you are. <laughs> that is that, that that is true. So as we close up shop, any last words or anything you know you like to say, or how how can people reach you? Various things of the sort. Sure, might as well plug Sir uh, there. So just like, you know, as you gracefully and, and um, wonderfully plugged the podcast earlier, thank you. Um, the latest episode came out, find out Podomatic, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we post on our Facebook pages, so leave us feedback. You know, let us know what you think. Share with your friends and family. It's uh, it, It's been a good time and, you know, uh, we like our feedback and um, we appreciate um, any listens. Yes, and it has been a great episode as always. You know, having you as my co-host, you've been a tremendous addition to the show. And I'll say that every single time we do this show, we add a little bit of laughter, a little bit of sarcasm, a little bit of knowledge. We drop some knowledge, some truth bombs, yo. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it is all good. Um, once again, reach out to us at walkerac76.podbean.com. That's where you can find all the shows, whether it be the Walker AC Experience, Slack and Majestically, Out of Context Podcast. And also, um, as we move forward, of course, with, with you and Jeff's permission, I would like to stream cereal and beer on our podcast network. Oh, my. That would be delightful. Once again, it's a great show, and I want everyone to listen to it and enjoy it and have a good laugh, provoke thought, everything in between. This has been the Walker AC Experience. I have been Adrian. This has been Kevin. You are our friends, our family, our loved ones, people who love us, people who don't like us, but you're still listening anyways. Nanny, nanny, boo-boo. We will talk to you soon again. Have a good night, everyone.